Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dual Screens Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Stephen Fontana, and with me, as always, he's Andy Esmakis, and he's got a runny face. How you doing, Andy? Mm. You know, there are a few things that can get me out of bed to, like, work and be responsible. Can I guess one of them? Yeah, you can. Pixel art. Oh, you're you're so close. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, there's two main things in pixels, so you're right there. Okay. Okay. And this falls into the latter category. The latter so category. When I when I saw this game, I was like, "This this is gonna be good. This is the one. This, this is, is a good be one. real good. Yeah, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us this week, we have a trio representing quartet. That's right. That's a little weird to say, but it's true. We have Tyler. We have Peter. We have Patrick of Something Classic, the developers of Quartet, a retro-inspired turn-based JRPG where you can play four interconnected interconnected stories in any order gentlemen welcome to the show how are you very good thank you awesome 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 so i i have i do have a question but before we get into the leadoff question of the show i want to tell people what the hell they're listening to folks if this is your first time here this is the dual screens podcast the internet's number one indie developer interview podcast starring two dudes you have never heard of probably the show posts each and every friday for your listening pleasure on your podcast service of choice including our home podbean.com we're on stitcher google play spotify apple uh your sister's ass where you wherever you listen to podcasts we are there and of course you can watch the video version of the show on youtube.com slash dual screens tv and if you want to support us with your hard-earned cash dollar bills y'all you can make it rain all up inside patreon at ndspodcast.com at NDS Podcast. That's it. Patreon.com slash NDS Podcast. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, and we want to thank our Patreon producers, Colton the Apprentice Nestler, FNH Paul, and Vegas Girl on Fire. We cannot continue to grow without all of your support. And we thank you from the very bottom of our emptyless, our emptyless, our empty, soulless hearts. <laughs> emptyless. Emptyless hearts. That's you. Your, your heart is so empty, it's emptyless. My now, part of my bottom. Gentlemen. The leadoff question. Start your engines. Yes. The leadoff question <laughs> here is usually Andy's, but I do have a question for you. Okay. So I have one too. So you can. Okay. Go that's ahead. fine. That's fine. Now, was Quadropath Traveler taken? Well, what happened was we actually we were where we going with that name, but then a, um, a team of um, Square Enix hitmen invaded my living room oh, in the middle of the night. That explains it. That's I was trying it. to watch reruns of Saved by the Bell, and uh, mm. a guy with a laser pointer on his gun told me that I can't, we can't right. infringe on their intellectual property like that. Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Andy, what is your question? <laughs> uh, it's more like I have a bone to pick. Oh, all, oh, okay. With, with all of you. Here we go. Here we yeah, go. Already. This is hard hitting journalism, right? So here. you know, listen, Tyler, brace I'm, yourself, I'm, bro. I'm, they should right. all brace themselves for this. Peter doesn't look like he needs to brace for anything. Like oh. he is a he's prepped he should, for most. He should get braced. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you describe games like Final Fantasy VI, Wild Arms Two, Dragon Quest Five. Uh huh. As games that are too long for people with jobs. And this kids. is true. He's got they got a point. They got a point and, there, Andy. And 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 a more and a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um that we should instead play your game that features twenty hours of grind freeness mm. 
And it's a JRPG for those with responsibilities. So my question is, why are you trying to up, upheave my entire life where I've made it a thing where I can game and not go to work? Mm, mm -hmm. And you, you're trying to make me mm -hmm. game and go to work. I don't that like seems, this at all. That seems irresponsible of you this guys. I'm seems not going to lie. This seems like we're off to a bad start. It's hurtful. Tyler, your thoughts, <laughs> it's, please. It's gaming. <laughs> it's, you know, I can't do both so you, we can't go down this road. Yeah, I could, I could see, like, looking at the three of you, I would expect that from Patrick and Peter. But Tyler, you, you're, you're over here. You're a thoughtful man. I could see it. Your hand is on your chin. Mm -hmm. um, why would you do this to Andy? Like, honestly, why? <laughs> why would you? Well, you know, um, you know, we just kind of got a sense that Andy was kind of a degenerate. So may maybe oh, this he's, he's a big piece of shit. You're wow, right. you're right That's on that so, one. It's so no, expensive. but in all seriousness, um, you know, I think the. The solution to your dilemma is just to play games at work. I mean, it's wow. 2021. You haven't been doing that for the last 10 years. Hmm. Did we just confirm I mean, xCloud? xCloud confirmed? <laughs> Let's make that. That's the, that's the title of the website. I mean, show. or this is coming to Switch. Cloud it's also a possibility. Confirmed. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just want to make a breaking announcement. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Game Pass um, exclusive. Uh, Quartet is now confirmed on Etch-A-Sketch. Yes. That would be impressive. That would come be impressive. To your, come and that's to your just light, the level of optimization rate. our game has that it could be played on edge of No, you have to do everything yourself, but you're playing the game, I promise. There is a game there. Now, gentlemen, what the hell do you guys do? We're going to go, well, on my screen, it's left to right, which is Tyler, Peter, Patrick. That's the that's the order that I have you guys lined up. So what do you guys do for this, this game? And then we're going to talk about what the hell the game is, because I don't think our little crash course, uh, you know, back of the box description really does it justice. Tyler, what is your role in the uh, in the group? So I am primarily the composer, uh, producer. I like that producer. So I tell people what to do and mm -hmm. uh, battle designer. That's my main gig. And then nice I tweet hits. a lot. I fire off like a tweet every five seconds. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't for freedom. Yeah, so um, I'm Peter. I'm, I'm one of the two programmers on Quartet, uh, and so that means I'm writing bugs and making bugs. Usually, I fix more than I break, but sometimes, you know, I have a bad day. Understood. Patrick? Um, I am the director and writer and systems designer. Um, we all wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, I actually have to get my hats an extra large, so it's a real problem when I'm, we have to wear more than one. So, yeah. Um, custom orders. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible time, but, um, yeah. So, you know, um, I, you know, I'm writing the script. I direct the cutscenes, and I actually make the, the maps, most of the maps. Um, and then, yeah, I did a lot of the larger systems design with Tyler to create, you know, the systems, which allow you to make battles and allow you to tell cutscenes and, and, and all that stuff. Sweet. All right, gentlemen. So uh, I think Patrick, you're probably the, actually, I don't know. It, it could be a tie between Patrick and Tyler because Tyler has got that PR he's got the PR pants on with the whole social media thing, but I don't know which one of you wants to give our listeners really what, what uh, quartet is all about. You can do it that. All right. So uh, quartet is a, you know, we, we did, we did, did talk about the, the tagline already, which is a JRPG for people with jobs and responsibilities. So, um, you know, uh, we kind of did it like we were really inspired by final fantasy six. So if final fantasy six, you know, a large ensemble, 16-bit looking um, uh, JRPG was, if that was a genre, if, if Final Fantasy VI were a genre, we would be a, a Latter-day descendant of it. 
um, in which we have the, the, the ensemble cast, multiple storylines weaving together, um, you know, sort of dramatic tone and, uh, um, you know, and, and, and the, I guess it's, what's the, the orthogonal layout of, uh, of, of um, overhead view of, of JRPG. So um, like these days, I guess a lot of people are really into isometric format, but that's enough for us. Um, games about should be about 20 hours long. Uh, we designed it so that you don't, don't need to grind. Um, there are no items which are ever lost forever. Uh, cause who has time for that? I like, when I look at people say, well, in dark souls, if you, if you really do this thing, I'm like, I don't like, that would have been cool when I was 18, but you know, um, <laughs> that bird has flown. So, um, there's nothing, nothing in the game can be lost forever. Um, and you know, the, the like your, your typical quest is going to be about 30 minutes. You can save any time. Um, you can start any battle over that you lose. So we just, you know, we just want to respect your time and understand that we, we're, we're trying to tell a good, you know, JRPG, you know, not quite save the world, but high stakes, magic, airships, bad guys, ancient, ancient conspiracies, that kind of story. But we're going to do it in 20 hours so you can get on with your day. I respect that. Let mm-hmm. me tell you, as somebody who is still stuck on the third biome of Returnal, I respect that, <laughs> sir. I respect that greatly. Now, I, I, can, I love those games too, but uh, I just, you know, we can't, we don't have time to make or play them. No, I listen, I, I get it. And, you know, I'm a dad. I have two young kids and I have a full-time job and I do this 40 hours a week, content create and all that stuff. Like I'm constantly doing shit. And a lot of the times playing games is no longer a recreation. It's a, it's a second, you know, like job thing for, for us. Um, so like when you have a game that you're like, oh, I'm really excited about this but it's 60 hours or my all my buddies are going to play this game like new world that's coming out soon and you're like yeah but i can't play that because i have nine story games that i need to play i can't just sit there and enjoy an mmo that's gonna want three five seven thousand hours of my time now andy Mm. i saw so I, I, Andy was the one that was talking to you guys on, on Twitter DMs. I kind of just take a back seat. Sometimes I'll read it. Sometimes I'll just be like, all right, whatever. He's doing his thing. But I was like, all right, so we're, we got the show on the books. It's on the calendar. I'm going to go take a look. So I clicked it. I was like, oh, this is, I instantly knew why Andy got you guys on, on the show. This is like Andy's bread and butter. But what you do, what some might not know is that when I was a youngin, these 16 bit JRPGs were the shit. And it was what I wanted to play all the time, always. Um, and I am very excited that more of these games are being made, and not only just more of them, but of such good quality. What, what, what can you guys speak to your systems and the quality outside of just your run-of-the-mill JRPG? You said you built some systems. Talk about those systems a little bit. Sure. sure I think we probably all chime in on this. Yeah. Um, I just want to say up front that, uh, you know, um, we tried, we're trying to make like, uh, like trying to be the, what Squaresoft was in the 1990s. So we're trying to like create a way to make JRPG content fast, affordably, and a lot of it, not necessarily all in the same game, but, um, you know, we're really trying to, to, to turn, to create, we, so when we spend a lot of pre-production creating tools that allow us to, should allow us to make content really fast. And actually the game's like 90% programmed. So um, Peter can tell you more about what that process was like, but uh, um, yeah, we, our tools are ready. We just need to buy a whole lot of art, you know, for all those fancy locations, like, uh, uh, you know, a, a battlefield, a, a, a battlefront between two countries, um, uh, ancient, uh, like ancient castles and all that sort of, all the classic mountaintop uh, um, 
mountaintop out, outdoor dungeon all those classic sort of uh jrpg mm. locations we need to we need to buy those things that's what we're what's what we're doing with our kickstarter yeah if i may just to give a little micro elevator pitch of the game systems that sort of i think make it stand out so the basic premise of quartet is that there are four stories and like a wild arms two or three or dragon quest five you select any between any of those four stories at the beginning and played in any order and I guess you mentioned Octopath, that is definitely kind of an inspiration, but unlike Octopath, these stories are gonna to come together in a grand plot, an FF6 style plot with a large ensemble cast centered around one central conflict. That was like a definite weakness we saw in Octopath was that the story idea was cool. Uh, I think uh, Second Destiny 3 does it and uh, Live a Live and other games like that, but uh, we really wanted the game, but the plots really came together, but there was a non-linear uh, story at the beginning. Wild Arms is probably the closest analogy. Mm. And uh, the combat features like an FF10 style swapping system. So which once you get past uh, your basic party lineup of four, at any time you can bring in a reserve party member to the front line and use them instantly. Uh, that was something I really wanted to see in more RPGs and you just don't see it for some reason. And now I think those two systems are kind of the hallmark of the story and gameplay. As far as systems, uh, I'll let one of these other guys talk about that, but that's like kind of the elevator pitch. Awesome. So yeah, talk about the programming aspect of that, like the pre-production. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, so uh, programming, uh, like programming, is interesting because you know you're like, well, we're gonna do a demo, we're gonna take a small portion of the game, and and we're gonna ship it. Um, but with 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 a game like this, like RPGs, you know, designing a vertical slice of the game, you need to basically implement all of the systems. Like you need most of the menu system you need save load functionality you need you know the entire basically the entire battle engine all moving around on the field just like so you really need to kind of build almost the entire game like systems wide in order to just like play a little you know 40 minute demo um but once the great news is that once those systems are built yeah you can just scale out the content production so you know we're using uh tiled is an open source uh map editing software um a lot of people use it um so we're using that super tiled unity import that to unity our whole game is written in unity so we have a, just a ton of flexibility over what we can you know what we can do um we're using a a, a library called uh, a yarn spinner um from the a, a night of the woods right mm, yeah um developers they released this library called yarn spinner uh, where basically you can kind of write cutscenes um as if they were kind of like movie scripts so the dialogue and then the actions and the blocking and the cutscene or do you just write that out as like a, a text in a big file so um all the cutscenes are written out like this um and we're using another tool called um Artisy, uh for our database um where we program all of the kind of like the ai macros and the um um, enemy skills and items and everything. And, and so whenever we need to new, add new stuff, we just kind of like go into these tools and just add it in. And it's super easy to, to just, you know, churn out levels and, and monsters and encounters. And, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a huge amount of upfront work that we had to do to, to get this done. So much, but it was really nice. Actually, to, to give you an illustration of how powerful that pre-production ended up being, almost all of that technology that Peter just described, we're actually using for a client to make his game. Um, mm. You know, we have a, a client who wanted to make his dream RPG. That's what he wanted to do with the savings. And uh, and we're making this thing called My Familiar. So we're using all of that technology for him as well. And he's got his own art budget. We, we need we need our own to make ours. Um, art, If you, this is a pro tip to anyone who wants to get into indie gaming. Art is going to be like 80% of your costs. Um, you need a lot of it, especially in JRPGs. But um, we were able to port over most of that stuff and just start using it pretty quickly. Um, relative to how long a, a game development project normally takes and it hit the ground running and we're making his jrpg too 
if you don't mind me asking, what what is what is that costing him to be like here? Here's a sack of money. Can you make make my game for me, guys? Um, it's not a small number. I mm. can't really go into. I, you know, God, that's can't betray my clients. But um, yeah, but if it's a, a night again. I think that says a lot. That's a think, think of it this way. If if you think to yourself, I need money to do X and X and you, if that, if anything comes between like, oh, I really need to do X before I make a video game, then you're not ready to make Got a video it. game with, Got uh, to pay for one. You might be ready to make one on your own. Right. But um, if you, there's any financial need between you and the game, you you need to get money from some other source, like a Kickstarter or a publisher. Gotcha. All right. And we're in that boat too. We are absolutely, we get paid sure. by him, but we are in that boat of we need money to, because video games are expensive. Yeah. I want to get there someday and be like, here's a nice chunk of money and just hand it off to like a, a, a competent dev and be like, hey guys, here's my idea. Just make this shit for me and I'll see you in a couple of years. We got I'll close, Andy. I'll DM you by a PayPal. <laughs> yeah. We got close, Andy. We got close. Yeah. Yeah, we sniffed it and then we mm. lost it. Um, can you guys sort of define what grind free means in this game? Because when I see that term, I think of a game like Bravely Default where I can just switch off random encounters. But if I want to level up or max on a character, I got to grind at some point in the game. What does that term mean in Quartet, grind free? Yeah, so... It's kind of the same design ethos that we had on our last game, Shaz Fathom, in the sense that the counters are like the it's it's kind of a Chrono Trigger style balancing of the game in which uh, there's kind of a linear path. We sort of experience route you to get certain skills at certain times. So all the tools you need to win battles, beat bosses, conquer challenges are given to you. It's just sort of figuring out the right optimal strategies, the, the best way to express yourself with the problems. So there should be no point in which you're playing the game where you get to a boss and it's clear that you, one, just don't have the HP or defense thresholds because of your level or something like that. Mm. If you're basically going through all the battles that the game is giving you, because they're on screen, um, sometimes in static locations, a few might be moving around, uh, you should be able to get through fine. We, we didn't want to make a game where grinding was necessary. It just wasn't in the design ethos of our game. And uh, just kind of with the whole aesthetic of being a JRPG for people with you know limited time, I love grindy games. I mean, when my son was born, I stayed up the floor every night with him and I grinded every single Esper in FF6. I had a great time. Wow. <laughs> I grinded dope. every single magic spell in Grandia and I used two of them. <laughs> so oh I like God. grinding for sure, but it's just not it. the kind of game we wanted to make. We wanted a game where if you were creative, if you used your options smartly and cleverly, because you have eight characters, right? And you, have, you can bring anyone in at any time. So theoretically, if you're just using the tools we give you, you should be able to conquer all your challenges. And uh, grinding just didn't make sense with the kind of game we wanted to make. Right. Um, mm. For people who want to grind, I suppose, you know, you could just refight battles if you wanted to, but it's not really something you have to do. I, I very much feel like it's very Chrono Trigger-esque. I know developers always cite that, but when you play Chrono Trigger, you really don't have to grind. Mm. The game is very smartly played. It's like uh, the kind of game, I'll, like, just like every everything is like a it's like a planned moment right i mean maybe it shouldn't feel like that it should feel like subversive in a way but we're like planning experiences with the player and uh and uh, chrono trigger did that so well you know you got to the next level at the level about the level you needed to be and you had all the tools you needed to beat the boss if you were losing you just needed to kind of look at your strategy mm. there's very few times i could think of ever to playing chrono trigger where i had to be like 
okay, it's clear I'm just under leveled. But I mean, how many JRPGs have y'all played where you just get curb stop? I was playing Trails in the Sky and it was pretty clear that like, yeah, I just needed two, three levels. I needed more gold so I could go get the armor I missed in that town. And it was like, there was no way I could just keep up with the damage output. Like I tried to retool my strategy. It was like, all right, I've accepted that after 30 hours, <laughs> I have to actually fight a random encounter. And there, we just didn't want that. It reminds me a lot of like the philosophy behind tabletop RPGs where it's like you have your party you have a challenge rating for that party the with the tools that they have they should be able to to win every encounter but sometimes they're dumb and they don't know that you know the right way to take to take something on so some of them will die or whatever but like they can try again or whatever but it's like you're kind of taking the role of the dm here and you're saying all right we're gonna craft an experience for you where we're not gonna gatekeep you based on your the way you play the game it's not going to be if you want to take your time with something great if you want to rush through great but it's about the battles themselves not about the the numbers underneath the battles which right. is I something mean, we could yeah. all get obsessed about right like we love seeing numbers go up like that's why jrpgs are what they are <laughs> speaking of numbers going up if you want to make our numbers go up on our kickstarter ding, 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 ding. oh there it is <laughs> uh but what to what you said um you know i was thinking about like think about you know the 33 year old mother father gets home from work they just want to play a play a 30 40 minute session like we don't want them to feel like i can't get to this i'm really looking forward to what happens next in the plot but i just can't beat this boss because i need three more levels that's just that that audience is really a big part of who we have in mind with these games and we wanted to make the systems you know um harmonious with that philosophy and so uh yeah, that's just sort of how we like i feel like there's so many times in rpgs where i like really want to know what happens next and i'm really invested in the characters of the plot of the world whatever and uh i just you know i just don't want to have to grind to beat a boss and it's the game is making it ultra clear that like there's just a level requirement and you have to meet it right unless you're like a speedrunner and you know like ultra tech but you know you have to have like a galaxy brain level understanding of the mechanics but that was just sort of i know pat had something to say so mm -hmm. i mean our our reading of um actually i wrote um several books about um the design of uh jrpgs from um the 1990s um on chrono trigger final fantasy 6 and final fantasy 7 and essentially the lesson the, the meta lesson i learned from writing those books was um that jrpgs in that time and sort of the square soft golden age were not about big elegant systems like dungeons and dragons and and um something like diablo and and other like really um crunchy rpgs are about the systems that underpin them uh and you, you're trying to master a system and not see a story necessarily although it's nice sometimes if you see a story but still you've got a lot of little systems and nuts and bolts to understand and jrpgs were not like that they were about having moments and the system supported the moments um and then towards the back of the game you know you would get into the more crunchy stuff if you wanted to but to beat the last boss you really didn't need to do anything too fancy because that's not what they were trying to do i think after final fantasy 4 they realized like guys let's just focus on what we're good at and what we enjoy and what people like about our games which is having characters we care about have arcs that close meaningfully at the end of you know beating this boss um you know it's, it's not about can you you know mix and match the lancer and and chemist skill sets um it's not about that like it's great if you can if you want to do that you'll, you'll be able to kick the ass of the boss but at the same time you know there you're not you're not looking at 12 optional bosses that you need to get through um and and the boss is not going to immediately do you know more damage than you thought you could ever have an hp 
on the first round to tell you, oh, by the way, you need 10 more hours of this game to, to finish it. No, we were we're just moments first and system second. The systems are there to support the moments because that is for us what, what the great JRPGs were about in the time that we love them the most. Hmm. Well, on that, who are some of the characters that the systems are supporting? In sure. Um, uh, so the, the way that we designed um, when we started out, Tyler and I, Tyler and I started out, um, we had we said we would do four protagonists um, and each of them has another character that comes with them eventually. So you get eight characters in total. The quartet is the four stories about these four characters and their their foils who all join them. Um, so you have Cordelia the mage. Um, she's kind of a stuffy, um, highly educated um legalistic uh uh more traditional attack mage she's just out there she's like the glass cannon um and she gets she gets snubbed for a promotion in her steampunk oriented magical bureaucracy and she takes and i and she took that personally um and so she heads out to 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 essentially with her her world's version of the old west to make a name for herself because she's just so mad about it um and that's her story. And she meets um, Jerome, the doctor, who she's actually known most of her life, but hadn't seen in a few years. Um, that story's all four. All four stories connect. They're all part of the same overall plot. But I just want to say that each of the opening chapters, which you can play in any order, has a different tone. Um, it's sort of like a different like genre of story. So Cordelia's got this sort of old west story of the city girl goes out to the old west and has to do what she has to do. Um, then you have Nikolai, who's really sort of the most traditional jrpg protagonist in that he's a soldier he's tasked with fighting a war um he's conflicted about what he has to do in that war i mean this like that's so jrpg um he discovers this ancient golem uh zikaron um and he, he like and he sort of gets embroiled in this this plot that he um had no idea he was just a you know he's just like a a, a boy from a farm town and he gets embroiled in this sort of ancient um war that has been going on for a long time that people didn't really know about um and he, he he's more of like the go-getter uh traditional jrpg protagonist like let's go good let's go do the quest guys um not everyone always responds positively to that a lot of times some of the other party members will be like dude like come on like you're kind of impetuous like why don't we think this through or do we need, really need to be doing that um but that's that's the kind of person that he is um ben is um a, a cook um, he, he worked in a restaurant until the day of uh, his quest begins and uh, he accidentally manifests his magical powers re really late in life and uh, blows up his restaurant. Um, <laughs> nobody gets hurt, thankfully, but uh, the restaurant is just in cinders. Um, and when he wakes up from essentially like a three day coma after doing this, um, there's a essentially a magical police officer. That's his foil, Agatha. Um, and she's like, yeah, uh, you, you are now a mage, so you have to come to mage school. And he's like, uh, I'm not doing that. I'm I'm in my 30s. I'm not going back to school. I was a terrible student. And so he tries to manage with his magical powers through a series of misadventures that um, gradually reveal to him how his world works with people like him in it. Like he, you know, in 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 the country that he lives in, anybody could manifest magical powers at any time. And that's a very dangerous proposition. Um, and so there's a lot of sort of underlying um systems and, and 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 orders that make sure society can hold together and he slowly discovers what those are even though most people are not aware of them um but his his john that genre is sort of more like his, ben's story is more of a comedy and that he's really sort of laid back about what happens 
And then the, um, the fourth story is um, about a shop girl, Alexandra, whose mother has recently fallen into a coma for reasons that are unclear. And she's the reluctant one, another JRPG staple. She doesn't want to be on a quest. She doesn't want to be fighting. Um, but she, her brother, who's a bit of a small time gangster is like, well, we got to make money to, you know, continue our mother's, you know, nursing home care. And, uh, and the only way that you can make enough money is if you help me in my crimes, uh, low level crimes. And she's like, oh, fine. Um, Cause she's really serious about, you know, keeping her mom healthy and she, she's really committed to that. But um, uh, while on one of, while on a robbery, this is essentially the first thing that happens. She discovers a magical deck of cards um, and in her country, which is you know, all the countries of, of this world have been separated for a while. Um, they don't have a lot of contact in her country. People think that magic, maybe people think magic doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Um, and they know that, you know, scientists in her country know that magic exists in wild creatures, but as far as they're aware, no human has had magic in a few hundred years. So when she gets this magical deck of cards and magical things start happening to her and this mysterious ghost appears and starts following her around, essentially haunting her she uh she's not thrilled with that um and so she she ends up having um to deal with you know the return of magic specifically to her in a society that doesn't really believe in that and all of her family problems um on top of that so she has to find a way to deal with a ghost magic um and, and her impending destiny when she's just a shop girl who was trying to fix her freezer um before all of this happened what's uh what's up with the pig Oh, so that's that's Juna. Um, most people most people say hippo. Uh, most people say hippo. Oh, really? Um, okay. Is she's, it a pig? Am I right? Is no, she's she's what's called a Eurofanth, the fantasy uh, creature. Right. She's got like it. a she's she's similar to a hippo in 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 build and 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 features, but um, so yeah, not a hippo. Um, hippo Eurofanth, fantasy creature, similar to a hippo, sort of um, in between a hippo and a wild hog. Mm-hmm. Like if you had like an intermediate step there, that would be where Juna is. But again, talking magic using sapient creature now you mentioned a lot of magic using magic card there's a magic cook there's some other mages are all these classes around magic or are they like they look to your typical or inspired by your jrpg staples of classes of jobs like a thief yeah i mean uh, everybody can use magic except except agatha everybody can use magic um mm-hmm. but um they also have it's, it's in the sense that it's like final fantasy 6 um, you know, just because you use magic doesn't mean you're not also a tanky monk, right? Mm, um, yeah. Alexandra is a tank. Agatha is a tank. Um, uh, you know, um, Cordelia is only the, the only one who's like a really dedicated role. She's like a glass cannon mage. But, um, you know, you could use Juna as a tank or a healer. You could use Jerome as a healer or physical DPS. So everybody's got a little bit of utility, but um, their magic reflects that. I mean, Tyler could comment a little bit more. He he worked a lot on, on balancing um, all the abilities. Sure. Yeah, basically what Pat said. They all have just a basic job class. They basically fall into, but they have a little bit more utility. But we needed every, we needed all eight characters to be different because, unlike games where the uh, characters can kind of do everything, which makes sense for some games, we needed them to feel different so you'd have a reason to pick others over um, one over the other. So when you're swapping, you might think, okay, I need a little bit of AOE heal. Let me bring in Jerome. He's the most effective healer. I need someone who's got really good speed and multiple hits. I'll bring an Agatha, et cetera. So yeah, everyone's kind of got a niche they occupy with not a whole lot of customization in their skill set, but more so with their gear. But like Agatha is never going to be a the mage level that Cordelia is, for instance. So people have their specialties for sure. Yeah, I just wanted to like there's there's four elements, right? Um, 
you know, wind and water and fire and um, earth. And each character has is kind of associated with an element. Um, so there's two elements, uh, two characters per element. So, um, but each character has kind of their own take on it. So like Jerome and Cordelia are both uh, water, um, but like, you know, uh, one is ice, like Cordelia's magic is generally ice based mm. and Jerome's is generally water based. And so um, it's like each character kind of follows a pattern where they, they both have, they might share an element, but their take on that element is a little bit different, which is, um, I think is really cool and in, in just how it reflects in the art in the game. Does it have utility outside of art? Like the, are there, uh, is ice at some point better against something than water? Oh, absolutely. The elemental rock, paper, scissors is, is spread throughout. So that's another reason to swap. We created the game so that you, you would really want to swap. You don't have to. Like, if you really wanted to just pick, like, at, at one convention that Tyler went to, everybody just wanted to keep Ben on the field at all times because they, they like him. And we want them, we want that to be possible. But if you swap to the elemental weakness of the boss, like, you're like, oh, this guy's weak against fire. I'm going to swap in Nikolai and Zakaran, who both use fire. And your your game will go a lot easier. Um not necessarily, you know, a cakewalk because maybe that boss will counter by muting you or something like that. And then you need to bring in a guy, Jerome, who can cure status um, ailments. But uh, yeah, you, the, the goal is that rock, elemental rock, paper, scissors is a is a big part of that. And actually, we have three physical elements, too. So you have some um, slash, pierce, and blunt physical damage. And most of your enemies will have a weakness to that, too, or a strength that you want to avoid. Mm. Right. That's, why, that's why I enjoyed Final Fantasy IX. A lot because you had very distinct character types and to see all the game's offers you had to use them all at some point in the game yeah yeah we, we definitely we definitely that wanted is. that yeah yeah it's a fine line we're writing because i loved ff10's combat system but sometimes it felt a little bit too like a little too linear like yeah like pat was saying um you know, there might be in some circumstances more optimal characters to bring out because of elemental weaknesses because of the type of skills they do not necessarily like you just have their weakness but like i just need someone who's fast i need someone who does x there's qualitative differences between the cast but we didn't want it to be like oh here's the flying enemy gotta bring in waka you know like that yeah. can get a little old and i <laughs> yeah a, you know so it's more like you're in a situation where maybe um like pat said like a boss mutes you he silences you so it's like all right well who are my best melee fighters i'll bring them in or maybe there's a circumstance where um there's a barrier change boss or maybe there's a circumstance where like uh the boss is really fast so we need someone who's got speed or someone who can like um give other characters turns faster stuff like that there's lots of niche situations we can come up with so it's not just like as simple as like they're weak to water so we're gonna bring in cordelia oh by the way don't <laughs> don't at me because I Cordelia uses ice magic, but it's water elemental because ice is made of water. Right. <laughs> is sure that is a, a contested fact? I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure in my physics class, you know, the three stages of mass states of matter, there's like liquid turns in the solid. Like when you freeze water, mm. it becomes ice. Anyway, I'm just make I'm being you a guys little facetious. Should have done like a like a gas mage. <laughs> yeah, really, we're gonna have we're actually gonna really have a, go a, a ninth character who uses water plasma. Oh <laughs> no. Okay. no, I'm just laughing because uh one of some of our first screenshots we shared publicly, I, we posted a shot of uh Cordia uh in her spell book and it was something like Blizzard and it said um water damage to all enemies and someone's comment that's ice magic 
It's like it's like it's magic, dude. Ice there's is no made rules. of water. We we make the rules. We decide. <laughs> so like you know, like there's this crazy thing. There's called these ice ice cube trays, right? What what do you put in them to make the ice happen? Magic, water. bacon grease. <laughs> anyway, I just I just thought that was I love yeah. that. I love people. But like yeah, we try to like like Pete said, like theme each like every character. There's like there's four elements every character has, or two are represented by every character, and there's like a little different flavor. But uh, yeah. So ice is are, water, y'all. Don't <laughs> add me. Are there are there crystals in this game? Crystals. Mm. So there there are there are some devices that are mm. made of of a crystalline structure that okay. are able okay. to that are pretty mm-hmm. important to the plot. They're manufactured devices. I see. I see. And there's there's a little bit of background you can find. Actually, there's a little bit of background. If you play our demo, we have a 30 to 45 minute demo that you can actually get on the Kickstarter page for entirely for free for PC, um, Linux, and Mac. Uh, <clears throat> um, used car salesman over. Um, <laughs> But uh, you can actually read a little bit about those crystals and one of the with the the sort you know I, one of I love I love this is lore books like it, uh, the the demo takes place in a library a, a, an abandoned monster infested magical library to just check off as many JRPG tropes right, ancient it's also ancient excuse ancient, me yeah, I forgot right, about of course, that yeah of course. Um, so we're checking off like mysterious? five boxes. Yeah, mysterious. Yep, definitely okay. mysterious. Pretty mysterious. Um, I, have a, I have a question. I have a question. Yes. Uh, does any character suffer from insomnia? I'm not insomnia. Um, or amnesia. 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 Ah, no. Nobody suffers from. We, we, we decided we would not go with amnesia. Yeah. Oh, what? Okay. Okay. Um, what else? One character does suffer from dyslexia. Oh, okay. Okay. That's oh, cool. interesting. That's that's our take on that. That's good. Um, no, I like that. But anyway, so you're you're in this you're in this ancient, mysterious, magical, monster-infested library. And you can you can read some of the books there to tell you about some of the background lore of the game, including about these ancient crystals, which are still a manufactured product. It's not like it's not like elements like though there's in the but in the beginning of time the four crystals. There's none of that because um, we didn't we didn't want it to be something like magic that could be something that could be possessed easily. That's a little sure, too sure. And that, that 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 bird has flown. Um, but yeah, it's it, there there are some crystal devices that become very important in the plot. Is there time travel? I I can, we can't say what the the hook of the game okay, is. Okay. Um, okay. I, I will neither confirm nor deny. Are there dinosaurs? Is it, is it Chrono Trigger? <laughs> it is. It is say. not Chrono Trigger. The, I will say that the main plot does not revolve around okay. time travel, but whether or not it exists at all, I I demur. Hmm. Demur. Hmm. Like that word. I see. Yeah, if he tells you the plot, no, no, no I don't want to know. Involving uh, time travel, future Patrick will have to come and kill him. I understand. Time traveling dinosaurs, and the whole freaking world will blow up. We, we, we will make a dinosaur if, if you, um, there's a quest tier on our Kickstarter for five hundred dollars. You can make a quest, and including, oh. including in that, you can make a boss. And if oh. you, if you pay us five hundred dollars, we will make a, a, an actual damn dinosaur. And Steven. I will arrange Barney's Steven I Andy. Love You as a battle. Theme. Steven, I've Andy. already given them 50 bucks. Let's pull up some more money together. You you have the access to our Patreon, my, my friend. You, that's all you, man. You want to you oh, give that man. to them and write a dual screens quest where you have to rescue two dudes making a radio from show a, for nobody? From a, from a I time traveling dinosaur? Hell yeah. I can do that. There, there, there is radio technology in, okay. um, in two of the worlds. All right. So let's see if this is worth 500 bucks. Two of the countries. Quick. All right. Yeah. Two dudes... They've been slowly releasing subliminal, we need help, we're held against our will while doing our show. 
it's a 24 hour a day podcast okay where they they are slowly telling the people out there through the propaganda that they're being held against their will and you could choose to go investigate this radio station and see what the hell is going on and then, so it's like this is like my Derek comedy sketch, The Cool Breeze. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. We'll call it. Uh, we'll call it. What could we call their show? Uh, uh, still live. Still, yeah, we could do it. I live. could absolutely fit that in either Ben or Alexander's you know? countries. I'm and just, yeah, absolutely. Just saying. And then uh, you could get some sort of. And their boss is. Uh, you ever? Did you ever see the show Dinosaurs? This is how we I, get, ha- I don't remember it, but I ha- I do know what you're talking the, about. The, his boss, the Triceratops guy, like that's who the boss is, and he's just been keeping you <laughs> hostage, keeping the two the two podcasters hostage. Oh, that was a good show. It will be uh, Fonzie and Azzy are the two guys, Fonzie and Azzy, and they'll be one one wears a backwards cap. The other one. Uh, Why is no one writing this down? Is my yeah, this question. is very upsetting to me, Tyler. You seem like the you, type you of gotta, you got to lay down five large yeah, green I bills. See, uh, some fi- I want to see five Benjamins, and then we'll. Oh, then heard, that. My, heard that. Heard that. Well, you already got a half of one, so you know. Okay. You're like a friends and family discount. I feel <sighs> we are neither friend nor family, Andy. <laughs> That's the problem here. If we reach, uh, if we guys, we reach a hundred thousand dollars. One of our minor stretch goals will be to put this quest in the game. I like it. Hundred like thousand. Just goes in. We'll just we'll just we'll just, just throw it in. Listen, on a more serious, so you guys are like getting close to the end here. You have like five k to go ish with plenty of time left. What's that like for you guys? Seeing like a really big response from people or throwing money at this thing, and it, it's going to make it. I feel it's really it great and agonizing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> Dude, was, was it was it a pain like most devs talk about how much of a pain in the ass it is to actually build a Kickstarter campaign? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Huh. Huh. <laughs> did you did you do everything internally? Did you or did you like outsource any part of this to other people? Because there are people that like their job is to make Kickstarter campaigns, and they have way more money than we had to start. I heard that. I to Tyler Tyler was the the Tyler and actually Peter were the were the um the workhorses of the Kickstarter. Oh, awesome. I just I write words and and things. Um, these, these two guys, they worked real hard and they, uh, they put it on their back and they assembled a page. Actually, that's not true. I edited, I actually edited our trailer, but that was my, my, was, that was a, my major contribution. It was, is, a, um, it was a good, was trailer, that. but so. they, they, they put together the page, did a lot of research. They did a really good job. I got to give them a lot of credit. Um, they, they went through like just the minute details that I'm just like, I'm a high level thinker and I'm just like, ah! and they were like, <laughs> no, we need to figure out exactly what punctuation goes in the sentence. And credit to them because that that's oh. that's what made it that's what made it work. Trust me, there's nothing worse than a shitty well Kickstarter ca- campaign. <laughs> like honestly, there's nothing worse than going in and being like, "Really, you couldn't proofread this?" Like you're asking people for a lot of money, and yeah. we you didn't. Uh, whatever. Um, you didn't hire a friend, a kind of a professional community manager to read over the page too. Sure. Yeah. Which she helped out a lot too, just making sure everything was good. But yeah, it was it was a pain in the ass to make it. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna oh, lie. Yeah. Mm. This is a, my second one. Uh, well, I guess third one if you count my personal one. But uh, we did Ooh. one for our last game too, so kind of know the drill by this point. But it, you know, and this one's going way way better than the last one I did, which I'm extremely grateful for. I mean, we're 85 percent funded with two weeks to go. I'm, Feeling pretty confident That's that we awesome. can hit it, but you know, it's you just never take anything for granted. You know, we're yeah, trying to. You never know, man. 
you never know. Yeah. Yeah, squashing um, all the bugs was a lot of fun. So yeah, there's no more bugs, zero. So if there's, there's a bug, no bugs, you're, you're lying. If if there if you see one, no, that's not there. Heard that. Heard that. It's a feature. Um, you just don't. It's it's planned. Right. It's whatever. It's part part of the charm, right? The in, the indie dev charm. Um, did you see a significant growth in your in your community, or do you just see that a lot of the support that you got was from the community that already existed? Um, it's hard to say yet. Um, okay. We haven't done like a deep analysis, and Kickstarter doesn't give you so much information. Right. But I think I think most of the people who have backed were Shadows of Adam players. Now, Peter and I didn't work on Shadows of Adam, um, which was their game that they 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 released in 2017. Um, but Tyler was the producer for that. And it seems like most people are either Peter's um, wealthy Silicon Valley friends or Tyler's audience. And uh, it does make me wonder, like, how long I am for this project. I'd be like, ah, Pat, you know, you really didn't pull your weight there. Um, <laughs> you got to have, like, four, flipping have a like sign four, on the street corner. Yeah, yeah. I have, like, four or five fans from my book series who probably chipped in. And uh, so I'm, I'm a little worried about the inequity in that. But because uh, these two guys definitely carry me. Well, that's fine, Andy. It's time. Did you know that it is? It, it is time. But it I kind of want to ask one final question about the games. Yes, not about the game, more about, about RPGs. Sure, sure, general. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my it, it's 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 semi deep ish question, but and you can all take turns answering if you like. Um, I was on Reddit a few days ago, as I am during the day when I'm at work. And someone posted just a random like 2D sprite-based side-scrolly game. Like, here's my new game. Comes out next week. Check it out. And some one guy was like, I'm really sick of seeing these NES, SNES, 16-bit sprite games pop up. And the guy just got roasted in the comments. Like, you know what you're talking about. These games are great. Like, don't play it if you don't like it. Seeing a game like this quartet invokes so many memories of the games that we grew up with what is it about this particular format this style that is just timeless because i feel 10 20 years from now we'll still be, we'll still be playing games that look like this does what's what's the appeal in a game that looks and feels like this one does well, i speak to my own personal experience mm -hmm. but the first time i ever experienced a jrpg it just felt so different than all the media I was consuming as a kid in the United States. It was so wildly different. It was so creative and colorful. So the characters felt so diverse and exciting and fantastical. Uh, I don't know. I just remember I had a, my older sister is about seven years older than me, uh, was friends with a neighbor who lived down at the end of the street. And he was going to, um, he was a big video game guy. He had a SNES and I would just kind of go to his house to watch him play. And he was playing Final Fantasy VI. And just something about it, I just remember seeing it. And I thought to myself, that is the coolest effing thing I've ever, I didn't say effing, I was seven years old or whatever. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just something about it. I still remember exactly where he was in the game because I can kind of reverse engineer it now. And then the first time I played FF7, it was like, that's it. I did that first limit break with Cloud, Braver. And I lost my shit. I don't know what it was. I'm like, this is the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen. And then I found RPG Maker, and that was kind of what started the journey for me. But yeah, I don't know what it is specifically. It's just something about it really resonated. The stories, storytelling, the characters, the way the combat was, the way the characters look, the music. I mean, just everything about it just seems so awesome and different. And uh, 
it was weird because I played a lot of video games, but I never played a video game that had a story. I was like, wait, you can tell stories in video games? That was crazy. Because in Mario, you know, I played Mario in the NES and Mario 3, and the story was as deep as, sorry, the princess is another castle. I love those games to death. But then I played a Final Fantasy game. I was like, wow, this is a story with stakes and characters and shit is happening. Like, we blew up a freaking factory. Like, oh, my God, I have a giant sword. And so that was what really got it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. yeah, I, I, go ahead, B, please. Yeah, sure. Um, so part of me thinks that, like, it's just a big nostalgia trip. And, 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 and part of me that doesn't like that is like, well, in 30 years, you know, I'll hopefully still be all alive, but um, you know, will will everybody be talking about how like every game looks like Minecraft and how if your game doesn't look like Minecraft, like you, you, your game sucks, right? So okay. uh, I kind of worry about that. Uh, but so I think there's this like nostalgia element, like these are the games I grew up on, and like I love seeing more games come out that look like that. Um, uh, and the other thing is like 2D specifically. Um, I think one of the first things, you know, we do when we're little kids is like, you know, you draw, you get your crayons and you start drawing and like making 2D art is something that like you do as a kid. And like, maybe like that reflects in, in, in your affinity towards the style of games that you, that you enjoy. I don't know. Hmm. It's, it's true. Even cavemen um, drew 2D art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, 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 you see them scrawl on the walls and the Craig, Macro Magnet layers in France. Back my Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> you know what I think it is about that art though just to pine really quickly I saw someone say something similar to this on Twitter but it's it's I think 2D art and pixel art specifically it's it's just abstract enough but it, like you can see it and you're like okay I get what that's supposed to be in real life but it's just abstract enough where you have to kind of connect the dots with your, with your imagination mm-hmm. and that's like perfect fodder yeah. for a young kid right you see it like that's obviously a dude that's a sword whatever but it's not realistic it's not photorealistic so there's like that abstraction that kind of where you have to use your imagination and i think that might be the reason that that art style has just prevailed um it's not because we're lazy or like we don't you know like i hear all these people say weird theories about why developers just pick so yeah maybe it's nostalgia but I think it's a really blossoming art form and it has a lot more areas to be pushed. And I think there's just something about like why it resonates with people and why I think we're going to keep seeing it from now on. It's, I don't think pixel art's going anywhere personally. Yeah. And you can, you can express so much emotion with so little in a pixel art game. Mm-hmm. Which is essential because we can't afford to d- express so much through right. something more detailed, I guess. Have like, like 80 frames per character. Right, like, like, like pixel art is expensive enough. It's, yeah. it's significantly cheaper than... Oh, but it's cheap, yeah. Yeah, but it's significantly <laughs> cheaper than animating or like like modeling, getting a low poly, rigging, lighting, all these 3D characters. Um, mm-hmm. You know, over, over over a certain bar, like if you pass like half a million dollars, 3D probably starts to become cheaper um, for a little while. Because um, you know you have you can like buy asset packs and you have a full time rigger and lighter and everything. It's like oh, okay, we need to create four models and we we can get like sixteen characters out of this by just rigging these guys differently. Um, but you know below you know the six high six figure mark, you you, um, you know uh, pixel art is going to be a lot more affordable. And our goal is to make tell a story and have content. Our goal is not to be a technical feat. Mm-hmm. Um, we want people to enjoy just enjoy the 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 art artfulness of it and not like wow the 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 subsurface scattering on your on your character models is amazing (laughs) like some people play games for that and that's totally cool i have no objection like parallax scrolling yeah yeah i mean like the first time i played um or i saw final fantasy 13 i was like damn that looks really good 
Um, and it's Square, you know, Square Enix continues to be at the forefront of what what games can accomplish in terms of uh, in terms of graphics and, and artistic expression that way. Um, but we just, you know, we're like that's we we pine for the days when you know it was about story and characters um, a little bit more. And so that's what we're able and and want to deliver. Beautiful. Well, gentlemen, now Love it is it. time to put you in the cauldron, as it were. Mm. It is time for the crucible. It is rapid fire time. This is where we get to know you beneath the you. Right now, you're just three faces in a couple of, in a few boxes on the internet somewhere being interviewed about a thing that you know a lot about. But now we're going to learn a lot more about you. And so we're going to ask the three of you simple questions and you are going to answer them to the best of your abilities. Peter, is cereal a soup? No. Interesting. Andy, mm. you may go. Wow, you're only going to ask Peter that question? That's correct. Question. That's correct. We, listen, there's three of them. We got it. All right. We gotta, there are some that we know that we're going to have to ask all three of them. So Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Tyler, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I'm going to say no, bro. Nah, bro. Mm. Good job, bro. Patrick, is bringing f- leftover fish for lunch at work, acceptable? Uh, only if it's salmon. That's a, that's a good caveat. I like that. I like that. Hmm. And don't microwave it. Yeah, no, microwave fish. Let's see. Andy. I want to do a funky take on like a kill a Mary fuck question with RPG characters, but they're all sort of horrible options. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand, Andy. So let's see. Let's throw in some 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 good ones. We got Kafka from Final Fantasy VI. We got what was that name of the chef blue mage from Final Fantasy IX that had the big ass tongue? Kina. 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 Yeah, yeah, Kina. So we got Kina, Kafka, and who else can we throw in the mix? Any the, Sid. On the, on the, on the, <laughs> Oh, any Sid, yeah, but any I mean, Sid. <laughs> FF7 Sid's pretty fucking. He, he's good. He's good. He's really good. I mean, you could do the Roach Sid from Final Fantasy Nine, also. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're doing FMK of of those three. Yeah. If we gotta kill Kafka. Oh, you gotta kill Kafka. No fun at any party. <laughs> um. I could probably be hetero life mates with a Sid. So we'll have to marry Sid. There you go. There you go. Like he's gonna, if he's gonna, be, like he's an engineer. He's gonna be bringing home good income too. Oh yeah. Wow. Like bro, like That's uh, a you know, well like, thought I, answer. I don't think we can cross swords, but like this, I will, co- I will cook and clean for you if you're gonna bring bringing home that the airship. Yeah, really good bromance with Sid. And I guess, I guess that leaves F Queena, and uh, not sure how that would go. Listen, that that tongue looks like it's could be a good time. Could and be a good time. Yeah, that'd be like that'd be like a Zoomer date. You don't not actually sure what your like the gender and the sex have nothing necessarily to do with right. each other. So yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. really don't. You could you show up and you just have to be have an open mind. Right. Exactly. Well, something else might have to be open, but we'll discuss that later. Um, here's a question for the three of you. Any one of you could answer, um, mm-hmm. or you can answer together. D- discuss it. Which JRPG would make the best? 80s sitcom. Oh, I like that. My my first thought was FF5, but then I was thinking more that's like a maybe early 90s Saturday morning cartoon. 
What what eighty sitcom are we thinking? Are we thinking like Wings, Cheers, Cheers, oh, Wings? Wow, I've heard about Wings in the longest um, time. <laughs> so obviously, like a pretty campy cast. Chrono Trigger has got the campiest. You got like oh, one yeah. of everything. You got a frog. You got a talking frog, frog. Guy, robot. <laughs> yeah. So who 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 is the character that walks in the the store and uh, you get the audience applause? That's uh, what's that? Henry Winkler's character, Fonzie, right? Is yeah, that seventies or is that eighties? Uh, no, it was eighties. That was eighties. Okay. Yeah, that was. Believe it or not, that was the eighties. Because, like, in so, my brain, it was the fifties, but that's because that's where it took place. But it was the eighties. Yeah. So, like, who who is the Fonz of JRPGs? Uh, that is a see. That is a loaded question. I, I guess from Dragon Quest Eleven, maybe Zidane Sid. from Final Fantasy is Nine. It, Zidane is oh. kind of, I think, yeah, because he's like too too cool for school. That guy. And he just walks in, he, he bangs on a jukebox, and it what starts playing. Squall? Squall's too much of a emo, like yeah, but he's got guy. like that. I don't see Fonzie he, in him. He doesn't come. He doesn't have a catchphrase. He, he has like a, go, he has like whatever. the look, but like yeah. personality wise. Hell no. Like Squall yeah. would be here's the thing, Squall, like if he weren't a professional killer, he'd be like a serial freelance killer. Mm-hmm. Like he would just yeah. be killing people still. So yeah. it's good that they channeled its energies into like a sorcerer's like appropriate. Squall, Squall would be like a mid nineties like soap drama, like uh Gilmore Girls. He's like the bad boy that lives in like the, the yeah. Pacific Northwest small town. He's in the basis yeah. he's the bassist of a grunge band. Yeah, he oh, like yeah. wears like a leather jacket and uh Edgelord. But he's he, the, he he's, he's the bad the guy with the heart. To go spend the summer with his dad, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and I'll, like I'll be back. Uh, he smashes <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's like a scene where he like smashes a boombox with a baseball bat, and the main heroine's like, I can change him, and it's like a four season arc. <laughs> wow, we it always shows up to the diner. It's, like, it's cer- the it certainly open. went. It went places. This that question went places. Andy, okay. it's your turn. God, remember the weird amnesia subplot in that game? Holy hell, that takes me back. Oh, uh, that was that, that was the worst part of that game. It's like we all went to school together. Really? Are you that sure? Came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, I may know the answer here because we've talked about Chrono Trigger a lot on this show. It's can't come a few times, but if you had to pick one sequel to be made, would you rather have? This is for all of you. A sequel to Chrono Trigger, a sequel to Xenogears, mm-hmm. or a sequel to Earthbound? Well, Undertale exists, so. True. I'm just or kidding, no a Earthbound, sequel though. to Legends of Dragoon. I'm throwing that one in there. <laughs> well, it has to be equally to... badly translated, though. Uh, Translation yeah, of that has to be just terrible. <laughs> well, technically, Chrono Trigger has a sequel, right? Chrono no, it doesn't. It's a sequel. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. We don't talk about <laughs> I mean, Chrono Semantics, yeah. I mean, kind of-ish, but I want... Xeno my... Gears, I mean, our... I don't know how the Xeno Saga, Xenoblade games connects to Xeno Gears. Not, not really much. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I would personally be just enthralled by a Xeno Gears sequel, like, because at the end of the Xeno Gears script, they like Krellian says, like, I don't, I don't know if there'll be a place for me upon my return. I'm like, return? You're gonna come back from the higher dimension? Like, so that for me would be like, like catnip. But like, that's like an audience of like 12 people who would get together <laughs> for that game. <laughs> And that's not enough. No, no, no. Because you know that there would be a remaster, remake, directors something of the of Xeno Gears before it, like eighteen now months that, before it. I'm, I'm getting sweaty you know, now. I need to turn on my air conditioner. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> Everybody. If that ever happens, me. I don't even know what I'll do. I just have to like take two weeks vacation. Tyler, Peter, you guys are hanging out. Patrick Ooh. is late. You have mm. not heard from Patrick all 
morning long. It is close to 11 a.m. now, and you're wondering, where the hell is Patrick? Your phone rings. Ring, ring. Uh-oh, who could this be? It's an unknown number. You pick it up. Hello? This is the Smithington Police Department. Uh, Patrick has been arrested. What was Patrick's crime? <laughs> so, he parked in a legal parking zone. And when the cop asked him about it, he just started talking and he wouldn't stop talking. Uh, Love you, buddy. Talking, talking crimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm assisting arrest by not shutting up. No, yeah. I don't know. That's the best I can come up with. Right yeah, now. I figured he got into a pedantic argument over, you know, the origin of the police baton with an officer and things just kind of escalated yeah, you, from there. I'll show you the origin of my police baton. I don't know where it started, but I know where it's going to end up smart guy bang! <laughs> that's how that that's how that went now Patrick you were arrested for resisting arrest via your mouthpiece you have one phone call to make it is to Tyler or to Peter who are you calling oh Peter no doubt he's got he's got connections oh, snap. Uh. Peter Peter's got <laughs> mad connections he's like he's like oh you want to you want to talk to like the uh the guys who did that AMC uh, stock stock boost, remember that over the summer, like that that where they they just they boosted the AMC. Like he knows those guys. Oh. Like I'm sure one of them could get me. Like, <laughs> like those guys don't. They're they're part of like that vast you know global deep state conspiracy. They could get me out of jail for running my mouth. Right, right. I like it, Andy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Who <clears throat> among the three of you is most likely to die first over doing some stupid shit? Stupid shit. Stupid mm. shit. Like, mm. didn't die of natural causes. Ah, oh, damn it. What the hell happened? Well, how did he die? Oh, yeah, that makes right. sense. Of course he I, would do that stupid thing. I feel like, like maybe Tyler could get so mad about something he sees on Twitter that he has an aneurysm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's just like, I can't believe this. This is, this is calling Dev's lazy. I can't. Oh, I smell burning feathers. I get it. I think the only way that could happen is if, like, we pulled, like, a, um, what's it called? A Dumb and Dumber, where someone, like, mixes my my ulcer medication with rat poison. And <laughs> so I see the, the tweet, and I go to grab it, and then I dump it down. I just, like, chug, like, ten pills. And they're like, no, that's rat poison. And I die. A- accidental rat poisoning via, sa- via, via ulcer medication. Okay. I like it. Does Twitter like, give you ulcers, Tyler? Is that what happens? What's that? Twitter give me ulcers? Does Twitter give you ulcers? Yeah. Twitter gives most people ulcers. It gives it all start, of us ulcers. It started like, when that one guy said ice magic wasn't water. Twitter is like Bane. It's like, he's like, I am necessary evil. Um, like, you can't, like, he's just a part of life for game day. Yeah. He, like, he's just like, but it also killed a football stadium full of people or something like that. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. It, killed your dad and raped your mom basically whoa easy easy buddy we don't just kill dads willy-nilly around here okay but it's like it's blood is also the cure for some disease or something right, it's, just, right. it's, yeah, it's, it's a bad situation all right gentlemen if you were given the ip mm. of any non-jrpg to create a jrpg of which ip would you like to do Fast and Furious. Fast and the Furious. 
Oh yeah, that key. He's been sitting on the oh side. Oh my quickly. god, can that be the next Kickstarter campaign? I kind of love to what that would Wait, look what like. What about what about Fraser Tactics? Well, yeah, that's also in the works. Did but, you, you know. just say Fraser oh, Tactics? On. We hold on. Are we amongst Fraser fans? Hold on. These Did two. we find our tribe? Did we I got find sc- our tribe? He's all over my face right now, man. Oh my god. We are. I'm, so, I'm, I'm listening. Our show was founded on tr- Fraser Talk. Because we were both binging Frasier as we started recording this podcast four years ago. So I have only like kind of my wife watched all of Frasier like yeah, few I'm years sure. ago. That's and I would just say. <laughs> I, w- I watched a few episodes, but there's a quote we always quote in. It's uh it's like later in where the, I can't remember her name. She's like the B. she's from England. Oh no, okay. Daphne. And she's doing like the American accent. Oh, she Daphne? goes, uh sure. Yeah. And sure, I just like sure. me and my wife sure. <laughs> all the freaking sure. time. Sure. sure. Oh, uh, that was when she crossed the Canadian border. Right. Right. And she's like, just American. sound American. She's like, okay, sure. And <laughs> I don't know. It's not even funny, but it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an objectively terrible show, but you know, my whoa, whoa, easy, easy. Buddy. I mean, I love it. Easy. Okay. We're we're okay. Andy and I are both members of the Fraser Reddit. Yes. First of all, I, th- I think what he's saying is this is guilty pleasure. It's not the sort it's of thing fantastic television program. But, but he, you know, I did, I did watch Fuller House, so I don't have too much well, ground to stand. You on. know, European is now invalidated. So <laughs> I don't care what you think about things anymore. <laughs> I watched it; it was so bad. Anyway, but, the, the answer is Transformers. Obviously, um, okay. Let's uh, let's move along here, Andy. Yes, let's get one more yes. question, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Ooh. And then we'll do the final. Actually, I did the final question the last time we recorded. So, you know what? Just do it. Let's let's hit it up. Right now, the final. Let's do one? it. Let's do it, man. Oh God! Let's All right, this is it, guys. Do I need to brace myself? Yes, you do a little bit. Yes. We've asked if you, you haven't, a lot. If you haven't shit yourself yet, you're going to now. You're about to. It depends on. So you've asked you a lot of serious shit on this show, some not so serious shit. But this is the ultimate question, mm-hmm. and you could all answer separately or as a collective. Mm-hmm. As Tyler, Peter, and uh, Patrick, or as something classic, wherever you so choose. And choice is the question at hand. And the mm-hmm. choice is simple mm-hmm. Andy or Steven? I feel like Andy, well, I don't know. I mean, like, it's not like, it's not like Italian food is bad. But I feel like Andy has the grandma who can hook me up with Domatis. He gets it. He gets and, it. Uh, and I will. Nona, I need to. Nona and I have business. I, uh, my my yaya will hook you up, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll be like, no, yeah, yeah. If I'll you're wash looking the for dishes. Nona, I got you covered. Yeah, but like, like I, you know, you can get a lot of good Italian food pretty much anywhere in America. Whereas Greek food, it's like, it's a little harder. It's gotta be done right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's your. Is that is that your collective vote? That's, I'm, I don't speak. I'm not there returning. Okay, so that's one for Andy. <laughs> Peter, I, I vote for not Andy just to be. Uh, um, I knew that was uh, happening. I got anti, a pity vote. Anti Just to start some shit with me. I got, got it, a got pity it, vote. Got All it. right, so it's no. one to one. Tyler has the tiebreaker. <laughs> All right, I got a great. Uh, tiebreaker challenge. Okay. Oh, a challenge. Oh, a challenge. A challenge. Yeah. Okay. Are we bare knuckle boxing, Stephen, for the oh, point? Man, I can't wait. I've been wanting to punch you right in the fucking mouth for oh, so I long. I bet you have <laughs> for so long. Speaking of mouth, yeah. Uh, no, just uh, you know, whoever donates the next uh, five hundred bucks to the Kickstarter. 
I gave you money, period. So oh, that's true. Fault, All right. I he's winning. He's winning. Time is money, okay? And this is Let time. Let it be known, Steven. Even if he did choose you, it yeah. would still be a tie. Because he just said not Andy. That That's not a Steven vote. It's just a not me vote. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening or watching, depending on where you are in the world and how you're taking us in to your senses. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at dual underscore screens. I am at Batchild27. Andy is at PantsGuy. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash DS podcasts. If you want to watch us on Twitch, we are twitch.tv slash dual screen streams. YouTube is youtube.com slash dual screens TV. Tyler, since you're the social media uh, brometh, bronameth, brosif, can you please tell everybody where they could find you, follow the game, and kickstart and all that fun stuff? Sure. Just go to twitter.com slash something classic, but it's spelled C-L-A-S-S-C, no I at the end. That's where you can find us, somethingclassic.net, or Discord is www.discord.gg slash somethingclassic. That one has the I. And uh, if you go to any of those, you'll find the link to our Kickstarter. If you just look up Quartet, uh, Turbase RPG Quartet on Kickstarter, you'll you'll find our page. But awesome. uh, yeah, that's the best way. Twitter and Discord are the best ways to communicate with us. But uh, you know, um, if you tell me that uh, water is not or ice is not water magic, you get an instant ban. Instant ban. Uh, I like it. Instant ban. That's no. good. Mm-hmm. We that's welcome good. even mm-hmm. people who believe that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Is boiling water water or fire? You know, that's a. <laughs> Maybe there's a maybe our next game has like a hybrid magic system where you combine like elements like fire and water becomes like boiling water. So I like it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Patrick and Mark, Paul, Luke and John and Jesus, of course, and Judas and everybody around the table. (laughs) This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, viewers. And as always, please be excellent to each other.